Thank you so much. Um, hi, my name is Alex Gregory. I'm part of the in-town ministry. Uh, gotcha. Um, yeah, so I taught middle school here a number of times, and it's a bit like the spies coming back into Canaan because they're all huge. Um, it's like a land of giants. Um, so today we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it's a scripture that we've often looked at in uh, regards to communion, but I'm really want us to take a look, not looking down our noses at the Corinthian church, as we often think. It's a messed up church with a lot of problems, but I want us to learn from them and follow uh, Paul's example and his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And before we get into that, let's pray. Uh, Holy God, Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, thank you for the opportunity we have to hear from you in your word, from your holy apostles, God, and to learn from your church. Thank you for one another, and thank you for communion and this wonderful time of remembrance. Pray that you're with us, and that you would see us through. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to start in verse 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The waterworks are coming, I promise. Forgive me. So what are we seeing here? Paul is addressing a church that had many issues, but they were working through them. We don't have time to get into all of the details, but if you look back in verse 17, it's a church that during the Lord's Supper, you'd have divisions. You'd have the poor and the rich. The rich would be bringing what they need, and they'd be eating their own private suppers. The poor would be humiliated, cast out. You're not one of us. I think that these problems really stem from two issues that Paul goes on to address. That they didn't remember Christ, and that they didn't proclaim his death so first, I want to look at remembrance. For me, that idea of remember this and do this in remembrance of me was something that I kind of take for granted. I grew up in uh, our fellowship of churches, so every Sunday I heard some variation of this. Do this in remembrance of me, and they'd pass the trays, and I'd take it, break it, take it. And it became kind of this empty ritual, sort of a cliche. And for me, some of you know my story, 2021 was a really difficult year. Um, so I'm really honored to be here to speak about it. Um, but my faith basically imploded. I had a complete crisis of faith, an existential crisis, um, to the point where mid-year I was telling friends, hey guys, I know I'm not at church because I'm not really a Christian anymore. I'm more of a hopeful agnostic. Um, and so working through those feelings of anxiety and depression, what am I gonna do, who am I, who am I becoming? Um, I finally was able to work through with the help of some wise uh, counselors and brothers and mentors back to a point where I said, I feel I can go back to church, but I don't know how I can do that. And so I found myself at a small church down in Decatur. Um, I was sitting there and wasn't sure if I was going to take communion. I was just trying to step, feel it out. And they sang during communion a song. The lyrics were, eat this bread, drink this cup, come to me and never be hungry. Eat this bread drink this cup. Trust in me and you will not thirst. I was at the end of my rope at this point, And 
it's, this was a kind of a pivotal moment in my journey where communion shifted. My perspective on what are we doing here? What does it mean to remember Jesus completely changed? I knew that I had nothing left. Despite all my efforts, my reading, uh, all of my wit, my intelligence, my snarky comments, um, all of these things still left me empty and just longing for pure spiritual food and drink. And so the way that they did communion is they'd have somebody in the middle who would give it to you. And so I'm sitting in the back. I'm just sitting there. And at this point, the waterworks are going. And they keep singing, drink this cup. I'm just like, Whoa. And I eventually say, I have nothing. I have nowhere else to go but to Jesus. And so I get up. And I get there. And the pastor just looks at me. And I, I have to approach him and say, I would like to take communion if you let me. Woo! And so... <laughs> And he takes it, and he breaks the bread right there with me. It's just the two of us. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And I take it. I take it. And he hands me the tray. He says, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for many. And I take it. I take it. And in that moment, my whole perspective on what it means to actually be a Christian completely inverted, turned inside out. And I think for me, it's because my Christian had always been about striving and reaching up to God to try and say, what do you need from me? I got to do this. If I can be smart enough, then maybe you'll accept me. If I can read enough books, then maybe someone will think I'm impressive and that makes me worthy of grace. Maybe if I can be funny enough or make people laugh, then I'll be worthy of fellowship with the church. But it wasn't. All it took was, I would like to take communion. I want to be with you, God, if you'll have me. And the response that God gives us over and over in the scriptures is, I do. I want you. I want you with me. I want you at my table. And that invitation to know him never expires. So when we are called to remember, when the Corinthians were called to remember and they forgot, they forgot what it meant. What it really meant to remember Jesus' death. What it meant to remember all the things that he had done in our lives. And that's what grounds us in humility. So, call to action on that one. Some of us, I think, have those moments, but they're an, intellectu they're an intellectual ascent. It's like going to history class in high school. If we can remember Jesus was born sometime in the year zero, lived till about 30, 33 AD, depending on the scholarship, was crucified under Pontius Pilate, raised for our sins, and that's that. It becomes an intellectual ascent rather than understanding that God became man for us to live with us, to teach us how to live, died and rose again for us. And if our hearts aren't transformed by that, I encourage you to engage in the spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, silent solitude that we've been talking about, and to seek community with believers. Second, we're called to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the instruction that Paul gives in verses 23 through 26, so he said it was causing divisions. He's trying to correct this that they should be coming together in remembrance of Jesus. And in doing so, that is the proclamation of his death. What does that mean to proclaim his death, though? Once again, if you go to one of those empty phrases. In chapter 10, verse 17, Paul talks about um, that when we share this meal together, that we are one body because we share one loaf and one cup. We participate in the sacrifice of Jesus. And so the world today... I'm convinced, is hell-bent on tearing us into divisions. That it's the current of the world, and it's going to do its best to say, well, those are the ones you don't need. 
If only we could get rid of those people, we'd be fine. If only we could maybe put them on the outskirts, we could get to the business of doing this Jesus thing. And that's the complete opposite of what it means to proclaim the Lord's death. Those among us who are old take the same bread and the same cup as those who are young. We're in a part of Marietta, in Cobb, wherever we're from, it is very diverse. Atlanta's a very diverse city with a long history of dividing people. And so when we come together and we take the same cup, we're part of one family. Rich, poor, young, old. All of these areas that the world would seek to divide us, we come together and declare to our neighborhood that we are one body and we are one flesh. That is what it means to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, that everyone is part and welcome at the table. When God became man in Christ, the chains were broken. And that's the second part of proclamation is his redemptive work that we call the gospel. That when we take the bread and the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death, that God became man, lived a sinless life, taught us how to live, was crucified and suffered for everyone. And then dying for our sins, entered into death like a Jesus-shaped time bomb, blowing it up from the inside so that we're no longer um, beholden to it, stole the keys from death and Hades, and rose again with the promise that we might as well. And as we proclaim the cup, we proclaim that wonderful good news to everyone. That that promise isn't limited by any divisions that the world would put between us. The promise is for everyone. Despite your past, you have a hope for a future. That the powers and principalities of oppression and division can't hold us. They couldn't hold our Lord. And that we proclaim his death until he comes together. So, today as we take a moment of silence for communion, I want us to remember what has God done in our lives. Both as individuals, as a group, as families, as a family. And I want us to remember that as we take the cup and we take the bread that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, please have mercy on us. We know that we often fall short of your glory. We know that there's nothing we can do to earn your love, God, but that you give it freely. God, that of all the wondrous, beautiful things in the world, you're chief among them, that you are the creator of all beauty, that you sustain it for us. God, we know that by your love, we can be renewed, God. I pray that in our hearts, we would be transformed from our innermost being, God, and that we would proclaim the good news of the gospel, the resurrection of the dead for all time. We thank you for this time together. Be with us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen.